I spent some time thinking about what the theme of today's podcast should be. And after thinking about it, I think I'm going to go with something along the lines of achieving something commonly thought to be impossible. Now, I'll explain this a little bit more later. I know it's quite a long name for an episode theme or tagline. But in business, there's always this fear of going into a crowded market with existing competition. I think this podcast episode is important because I think a lot of people think like this or are like this. You take a business idea to some people, perhaps, and ask them what they think. And sometimes their immediate response is something along the lines of, oh, that's not going to work. You know, there's already a lot of people doing this. Or your idea isn't going to fly. There's so many other players in the industry doing something similar, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm here to say that I don't think that's necessarily true all the time. Sometimes, yes, selling the exact same product in an extremely crowded market is suicide for a business. But at other times, it simply isn't the case. With the right marketing, with the right tactics, you can break into an industry and become successful, despite not necessarily selling something intrinsically unique. Today, I'm going to be talking about a man called Mike Cesario. Mike co-founded a water company. That's right, a water company in 2017 that is now worth over half a billion dollars. So if you have people doubting your business idea purely on the grounds of similarity or market saturation or are intimidated by the idea that an industry has a few players in it already, let me try to expel some of their doubts and tell you how Mike Cesario made it. I went to my local supermarket and I counted at least six different brands of water. That's six companies, including the supermarket's own brand, selling different variations of the same thing, water. Now, I'll have to note that this variation that I talk about is arguably subjective. I know some people who are very particular about the taste and can taste the difference between one brand of water over another, but I also know a lot of people who can't. For me myself, um, I can tell the difference between some brands, I suppose, but the difference for me is largely non-existent. On top of that, I noticed that the pricing of the different waters seem to be very similar. The marketing the container's designs, and the product itself, the water, of the brands being sold are all similar. Water, I realized, no matter where you sell it or how you sell it, really just does one thing. It hydrates. Now, if I were to challenge you to, in this modern day and age, start a water company and then compete with these guys already in the market, would you do it? You'd have to compete with the existing competition. You'd have to have enough of a USP to sufficient, you know, to get sufficient capital to launch the brand, and you'd have to scale it globally. Now, I understand that, you know, all startups have these problems to face. But with water, the difference is I personally think it's very, very tough to differentiate yourself when the product that you're selling is intrinsically the same thing that everybody else in the market seems to be selling. I don't know. But I suspect that a lot of you may not take on this challenge either. 
Most people may look at this and think of it as a near impossible task. Starting a restaurant? Thinking about that, I know it's a, you know, a very, very tough industry to break into, but I can see someone starting a restaurant and coming up with you know, a new way of putting together a meal, maybe differentiating themselves through the type of cuisine that they're doing, or maybe designing a very unique experience uh, that the customer would really like. What if someone's starting a tech company? Well, I know that this is very tough, but suppose an entrepreneur does indeed have a very unique software or hardware, that they already have something substantial that differentiates them from the rest of the market. Now think about a water company. I don't know. To me, it perhaps seems a little tougher to differentiate yourself from the competition, given that everyone else is also selling water. There's a good chance, I think, that many of you listening to this podcast may also say no to this challenge. Well, one person did say yes. Mike Cesario, the founder of Liquid Death, not only built his canned water business from scratch, but since introducing his market, uh, sorry, introducing his product to the market in 2017, he has since scaled it to a $525 million startup as of early 2022. When I first started researching Liquid Death, I was pretty mind blown. I didn't really understand how Mike was able to build this business so successfully. Now, throughout this podcast episode, I'll go through how he did it and what the company did to make itself stand out from the crowd. I personally think what this guy did was pretty genius. And importantly, I think it goes to show that with entrepreneurship, you don't always need to completely reinvent or invent and innovate a completely transformational new product. Liquid Death is still fundamentally selling water, but it is how they sell it that really intrigues me. Before founding Liquid Death, Mike Cesario was a creative director at Netflix, where he had worked on shows like Narcos and Stranger Things. Needless to say, Mike was no stranger to viral promotions and techniques in marketing. For context, I know that Mike grew up playing in metal and punk bands and also lived a lifestyle where he really watched what he put into his body. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but reading biographies about him online, it seems that he lived what some people would call a straight-edge lifestyle. He noticed that a lot of the bottled water brands were catering to a very specific audience, but none of which were catering to anything fun or creative or exciting. All the brands that were catering to entertainment, catering to fun, were often unhealthy drinks like soft drinks and alcohol. Further, Mike noticed that energy drinks were heavily involved in the rock scene. But after speaking to the bands themselves, Mike realized that they actually preferred to drink water while on tour and while performing. Apparently, these guys would even go so far so as to put water in the energy drink containers before performing. It seems that the demand for more interesting water was there. And so was the opportunity for someone to meet that demand. When starting Liquid Death, Mike was conscious of how he went about branding his product. Being a pioneer in the bottled slash canned water market to make drinking water both healthy and fun. Now, there have been a few ways in which Mike really embodied this concept into marketing Liquid Death, which I find very interesting. The first thing that really stands out to me is the name. Liquid death. Liquid death is not something soft or gentle. It's not immediately soothing 
or something that oozes the appeal of a spa like a, like a lot of water brands, I suppose, try to market themselves as. It's liquid death. Initially targeted at fans of heavy metal and punk rock music, and those who live a straight-edge lifestyle, the name Liquid Death played into the humour behind the brand that was immediately understood by Mike's target audience. With taglines such as Murder Your Thirst, Liquid Death successfully implements humour into its marketing, while in my perspective at least retaining its image of being quite extreme. One of its ads is titled Liquid Death, Deadliest Stuff on Earth. I personally find the ad quite hilarious. I suggest you Google it. I think it's on YouTube. Now, many water companies market their water in quite a similar way, perhaps pointing to, you know, mountain ranges, where the water is purportedly from, how healthy it is, and how zen it'll make you feel. But in general, there is a repetitive focus on how natural the water is, and that is that. But in this ad with Liquid Death, Liquid Death focuses on why the company Liquid Death needs to exist. The ad says that water is not yoga. Water kills innocent surfers, it kills snowboarders, and it kills kayakers. Water is responsible for many deaths every year, while energy drinks, on the other hand, are responsible for much fewer deaths. See, water isn't cute, it's not fun in games, it's deadly. And someone needs to give that water, this water, the ice-cold name that it deserves. Liquid death is no fun in games. It's made from the deadliest stuff on earth, water. I personally thought it was really funny, but more importantly, I found it so clever. See, what they did is they have managed to take something dull, like water, and make it extreme. They have managed to do a 180 on traditional water marketing and give people a reason to want to give liquid death a try. And I think while they do so, they feel pretty extreme. For some people, it's given people enough of a humorous reason of a joke to try liquid death, while retaining the brand's legitimacy. It's almost turned liquid death into a meme, but a meme where people laugh with you and not at you. It's pretty smart. And from this, it seems that they've successfully been able to change people's spending habits. See, a lot of people are attached to certain brands of water. Perhaps they're used to buying a certain brand of water. They like the taste and so on and so on. But with this kind of humor, this kind of creative marketing, Liquid Death, I think, has given people a good enough reason to break that habit and to try something new because it's exciting and it's fun, something that water in general isn't. The second thing that they've done with their marketing that I personally have found quite clever is take what I may describe as a somewhat casual approach to marketing. Now, I need to be clear here that I'm not saying at all that their marketing team is casual or laid back. In fact, I believe that their marketing team is probably working around the clock to push out these hilarious marketing campaigns and ads. By casual approach to marketing, what I'm talking about is the way in which they have managed to come across to the public in a very casual way. And this casual way has had an impact on the brand's image. It doesn't come across as perhaps pretentious. Um, I understand that Perhaps some people see there being a hierarchy of water brands. Some people base it on price and associate, you know, drinking a certain brand of water uh, as being part of a certain lifestyle of luxury and prestige. 
Liquid Death, in my opinion, has not only managed to avoid that, but I think appealed to a much wider audience by showing the public that those who run the company are people too. And these are people with a pretty good sense of humor, and people who the public can connect with and relate to. In 2020, Liquid Death launched an album on Spotify called Greatest Hates, that's H-A-T-E-S, which was a play on the typical Greatest Hits albums published by many artists, as H-I-T-S. And this album by Liquid Death contained the comments of a lot of people who hated the brand and a lot of negative product reviews that they found on the internet. Songs in the album were named after a lot of these negative reviews. For example, one of them was called Fire Your Marketing Guy. Another one was called Dumbest Name Ever. Sorry, Dumbest Name Ever for Water. And there's another one called This Crap is Pure Evil. I think this was a very clever marketing move on the part of Liquid Death for two reasons. First, it shows that Liquid Death reads your comments and reviews. And it makes people feel like the company does pay attention to what you write online. And what you write online could become a song in their next album. And more importantly, that the company pays attention to its customers. That attention will not only make the customer feel closer to the company, but also encourage people to write more reviews and get involved on the hype online, which of course ultimately benefits the company. Second, a company, I think, that shows that they have a creative sense of humor, as Liquid Death has shown in this case, is always helpful, even on getting on the good side of your worst critics. Because no matter how much you hate the brand or the water, you have to admit that this is a very clever and, and you know, a genius move that's also quite funny. My personal opinion is, contra the song on the album, Liquid Death should not fire their marketing guy. Whoever their marketing guy is, he's very, very good. The third thing is that I think Mike did something quite clever when he was launching Liquid Death. There is nothing wrong with using you know, focus groups and in-house testing in companies before bringing a product to market. I think these are great ways to get you know, some feedback, some substantial feedback perhaps, on a product before letting the market see, before letting the public see what you've been working on. Mike, however, saw it the opposite way. He saw that getting people's reactions on social media was a more accurate way of perhaps understanding what the public actually thinks about the product, and in turn be able to supply the public with what they actually want. Liquid Death used social media to drive discussions about the product before they even had actual products, using things like Facebook ads to generate online attention. Through this, Mike was able to capture the imagination of the internet, get people talking about the, the, the brand, the product, how outlandish it was, how crazy it was, and how funny it was. And funny things, as we all know, spread quite quickly on the internet sometimes, which was of course very good uh, publicity for Mike. On top of that, I think this was also very useful in showing investors or potential investors what the product was capable of and the kind of potential that it could have before Mike you know, even had the product, before Mike was even selling it to the public. A lot of investors, they don't know what to expect and having a market pulse like this to gauge what the public thinks is always useful. Now, some of the comments online were bad, bashing the concept on the internet. But regardless, this kind of hype that they could generate around a single product 
was not something that doing a small focus group within a company could really garner. I suppose there's been a trend recently where companies have become more and more transparent in their communication with the public. Now, I do not mean necessarily mean perhaps that companies are transparent in all things. Of course, there are regulations surrounding information management. What I'm referring to uh, is the way in which companies respond to customers on social media, how they interact with them online, and get the public's opinion on products and reflect these opinions and feedback within the products themselves. That's what I mean by transparency. It helps customers, sorry, it helps companies come across closer to their customers. It shows them that the companies are indeed listening. It shows them that the company can appreciate humor and of course also helps in building a loyal fan base. Now at this point, not only do you have a loyal customer base, it's evolved into a fan base. And I think that's a lot more powerful. The fourth thing to bear in mind was the design of the can itself. I found that the design of the can itself was a very clever move in marketing. This is a, a simple, I suppose, but very clever move. A, a tall boy can, right, is often associated with beer. Now, if you put that together with the edgy design of the can, you know, whatever they label on the outside, the customer would likely see holding a liquid death can differently to holding a traditional bottle of water. It's, it doesn't seem exactly like water, but you know it's not quite beer either. It's sort of like a blend of the image of both. One can easily associate holding uh, a liquid death can with a certain feeling, perhaps with a certain aesthetic, which brings out something different to drinking bottled water. And this is something that comes with the product itself. And I think that's a really, really interesting move that they made. Now, liquid death certainly turns heads. I've never had one myself, but I can imagine that it's a, it's a conversation starter. I can imagine people being curious to know what you're drinking and then being curious to try one out for themselves afterwards. Their marketing is conceived and implemented very, very well, where they have you know, blended humor with getting their message across very clearly to the public. You see, it's funny, but also retains its own legitimacy. Now, at this point, I feel like I need to say that none of what I said in this episode or in any episode in my podcast series constitutes any kind of business or financial advice so if you, had a, you know, if you have a business idea, by all means, go for it or don't go for it, but do so for your own reasons. Now, I've talked about Liquid Death for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm interested in seeing where Liquid Death goes, what kinds of innovation they will implement into their drink. But the biggest lesson and why I gave that sort of caveat uh, a couple seconds ago was because of this. The biggest lesson here is that while you may sell a similar product to the public in an already crowded market, Sometimes how you sell it is just as, if not more important uh, than what the product itself is intrinsically. Again, the degree to which one product is different to another within the same industry or sector is often a subjective thing. But the point I'm making is how far the execution of bringing the product to market and how the marketing itself is implemented can take you. You don't always have to invent or innovate something completely new in order to have a valid or successful business. By that, I mean the product itself. But having a lot of innovation, having a lot of creativity and ingenuity in your marketing could really make or break your business. 
Now, I've personally really enjoyed researching Liquid Death, and I feel like I've learned a whole lot from them. I don't normally cover marketing in my podcast, but this time I've realized how interesting it really is. Um, for me, I think I've definitely discovered something I'd like to look deeper into myself. I hope that you as a listener have really enjoyed it as much as I have, and perhaps gained some value from my analysis of this business too. I think I'll end this podcast episode right here, and I'll see you soon. But until then, everyone take care of each other.